0: Where is your value for like stability and consistency? And did you have that in
1: entrepreneurship before you went into corporate? Yes and no. I had just started to hit a stride Mm -hmm. like within the last maybe like six months of entrepreneurship. And actually I really hate that word. I hate the word like entrepreneurship. I hate the word entrepreneur. And I really feel like low-key a fraud when I use it because Mm -hmm. I feel like when you're running a business a business and it's just you and maybe an assistant or a couple other employees like if you're still working in the business like Mm -hmm. you're not really an entrepreneur you're really more like a yeah you're Mm self-employed but I did have a level of stability with that because your performance always just dictates your pace those eye rolls (laughs) if y'all are listening to this episode (laughs) that eye rolls were real (laughs)
0: sorry so i know that you'll agree enjoying myself while i work is the vibe that i'm trying to be on so i want to invite you guys to sidebar atl here in atlanta georgia sidebar on top of the good food and live music they have three different experiences that means you can join me in the garden room in the gold room, if you wanna try the top of the line hookah, and they also have the dungeon, where I hear what happens in the dungeon stays in the dungeon. So it's the perfect mix. If you're here on business, or you wanna blow off some steam after work, you can meet me at Sidebar ATL so that you can have a little bit of dinner and then turn up afterwards if that's your jam. So check us out, 79 Poplar Street, here in downtown Atlanta, or you can call 678-800-0741. Let's get it, work and play at the same time. Right? <laughs> Welcome to the Work and Play Podcast. I'm your host, Arielle, and we have a really cool guest today. I think she's family <laughs> because you never know with Ancestry.com. Listen, we have Miss Joy Young here young, to join us today. Young and Young. Young and Young. <laughs> so wait, when I met you, you were... Oh, we met at a, um, a mutual friend's mm-hmm. party, Our yes, yes. party yeah. and as we were talking you were talking about like your rebrand or your personal rebrand and then you also were talking about like your entrepreneurial endeavors i think it was then that i got really like connected to you and i was like oh i gotta talk to her <laughs> it was like that was lit now soon after you were like girl my story is shifting <laughs> and that's when you took that job at corporate so let's start there
1: well The timeline is just a little off because uh, when we met I had already taken my corporate job but I was already starting to have doubts Mm. and that was maybe about maybe about four months into me having a corporate job and so at the six-month mark I just realized that it wasn't really for me but it was really interesting because like I was telling you before I've been Um, In some capacity, an entrepreneur or had like an entrepreneurial sense because I always worked in sales. Um, You know, I ran my web design agency, but I started to get random, randomly. I got three job offers within like two weeks. Like, And I I don't even have a LinkedIn, y'all, I know it's sad, but no LinkedIn, LinkedIn, no, no LinkedIn, no resumes posted anywhere, but I'm a strong believer in your network is your net worth. And so, you know, when people are looking for um, roles to fill, you know, they're gonna check with their colleagues, they're gonna check with their associates and see if anybody has recommendations. And it just so happened that I got um, three job offers. And so I said, you know, after the first one, whatever but after the third one it's like okay maybe this is a sign maybe I should start to consider it and entrepreneurship is stressful and number one <laughs> so, so it was the possibility of like having like a nice like reprieve like a just a break away from the stresses of it yeah. and then especially with um just with like COVID and everything that was going on and it just seemed like perfect timing because um my assistant was out with COVID for like four weeks and so I was already like getting behind with stuff and they say never have a single point of failure but I only had her I didn't have a backup Mm. and it was kind of like ugh And she was kind of underperforming anyway so i'm like ooh, i could just kind of like offload her i can you know everybody else i worked with were more like contractors like photographers other designers so it wasn't a huge huge transition to kind of like finish up my clients and let them go and just explore these other opportunities um like i said that didn't last long
0: (laughs) didn't last long but that's the thing and i want to jump right into that because one of the things I didn't know that you hadn't had another corporate job like mm-hmm. the, that six months of a time that time span in corporate was enough for you to know like this is not for me mm-hmm. but a lot of times you hear a lot of people going from corporate they've been in corporate their entire career mm-hmm. and then they have to divide like d- decide a new um develop a new relationship with entrepreneurship mm-hmm. now for you what are your like so where is your value for like stability and consistency and did you have that in entrepreneurship before you went into corporate
1: yes and no um i had just started to hit a stride Mm -hmm. like within the last maybe like six months of entrepreneurship and actually i really hate that word i hate the word like entrepreneurship i hate the word entrepreneur and i really feel like low-key a fraud when i use it because Mm -hmm. um I feel like when you're running a business, a business and it's just you and maybe an assistant or a couple other employees, like if you're still working in the business, like oh you're not really an entrepreneur. You're I really you more like a, yeah, you're self-employed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did have a level of stability with that because um, <laughs> your performance always just dictates your pay. So it's like if I need to make some money, then I can hustle. If I want to chill, then I can. And so it was stable in the sense of like, I know how to get it if I want it. Mm-hmm. And if I don't want to work for too much, should I, you know, I don't need to yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was stable in a sense of, you know, based on history, if I invest this much in ads or if I invest, you know, this much time in writing my emails or posting on social media, I am for sure going to get 10 leads or 20 leads or seven leads or whatever it's yes it's, it the math works math. out Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a math game um but the appeal of corporate um like i said it was it felt like a sign number one because i got all of these offers at once and they were all like Corporate or like tech startup. So, and even when you're working with like a tech startup, the you know when you have twelve million dollars in funding, like it's not really operating like a traditional startup. Is gonna be um, have the same kind of corporate structure. Politics and all mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But um, when I got those job offers, like I said, I it felt like a sign. And then I had always been curious. Like I feel like in my life, I have not had a lot of the traditional experiences. Like didn't have a traditional college experience okay. because I went to college for a couple years and was like all of my friends are broke. I work in sales. Why do I need to go to college? I'm making more money <laughs> than <to> everybody <laughs> Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? <laughs> Why? And this was like I never had the traditional college experience. Mm. I never had the experience of like working for corporate or like interviewing and like I mean I've had a lot of jobs but mm. like not like the adult jobs. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and that's what's so
1: cool mm-hmm. about it.
0: Like hearing your, your perspective on things, it's like, usually we're, we're talking about un, un, letting go of that, that comfort and letting go of the two weeks, like not the two weeks, but the d- direct deposit. And mm-hmm. you know, like these are things that a lot of people who transition from corporate into entrepreneurship have to let go. Yeah. What were some of the things that you had to let go in order to navigate into a space of structure?
1: Um, and not being able to do things my way, like not being able, not even not, not, not do things my way. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing was not being in control of my time. Like, even though I work from home, um, I was just really surprised at like the demands of a corporate job of like checking in with my boss and like, you know, I operate on deadlines with my clients, but it's kind of like, if I say it's going to be done on Wednesday the 12th, It might be done on Tuesday, the 11th. It may be done on Wednesday, the 12th at 10 p.m. It may be done a week before. Like, it's going to get done on time, but don't call me at 12 talking about why isn't I here. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Or, you know, it's like I'm going to get in trouble in trouble if like my boss calls me. And instead of being in front of my computer, I'm like getting my nails done at two o'clock in the afternoon, which is what I do or you know I have a friend coming into town and I want to grab brunch with her at 1 o'clock in the afternoon those are traditional work hours and I just felt like it was really impeding on my life and um, I just feel like you spend so much of your time at work I want to I mean that's a big part of your life like I want to have a little bit more control over my time because for me that's the most valuable resource like you can't get your time back like i can spend all my money and i can make it back tomorrow but i what what are you going to do when you spend your life with no control and it's just i just don't want to live a life of regret Mm -hmm. and i'm just like dang if i want to take a trip on a wednesday y'all gonna be calling me at 11 a.m talking about why (laughs) are you on a plane and not in front of your computer yeah
0: Are you still trying to get a leg up on your entrepreneurial career? Now, I told you about the Morning Meetup, the community that was created for the betterment of entrepreneurship. And we are cooking up some really cool things. Now, here's the thing. If you join today, you can actually get in for 60% of the original price. So if you join today, all you have to do is download the app, and I provided the link below so that you can join us. We have community, we have a book club, and it's the largest group that meets every single day, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. to literally get a head start on entrepreneurship so if you're still trying to grow you don't know what your business is gonna be but you know you want to be an entrepreneur this is the community for you so check out the morning meetup click the link below download the app and join us today so it's the life freedom for you it's
1: It's the freedom for me (laughs) (laughs) it is you know and I never um, I never realized that before Mm. I heard um, this theory that humans basically have um four main motivations Mm -hmm. for like making money and um excelling in their career and that's the thing that like drives them when things get hard and some say it's like freedom freedom of time freedom of location freedom to do what you want um two is like love sex and relationships so Mm -hmm. like why do you want to make money so you can be cute and catch a mate you know or is it for you know status and recognition you want to Thrive you want to make a lot of money because you want to walk into a room and people be like, you know That's that's Mm -hmm. the man or the woman and the fourth one um, Is material things like I want to live in a nice place and drive a nice car and wear nice clothes So those are usually the main four motivations and a lot of times they were say like oh test your motivations like what what trumps what and sometimes use the example like if you couldn't leave your hometown or wherever you live right now for five years, um, but you made all the money that you wanted, or you couldn't leave, li- or you couldn't leave your city for five years. Um, if you want to live in this place or you can't leave your city for five years, um, if you want to have love. And so you just, you kind of balance those two and when, depending on your answers will determine like what your main motivations were. But Mm -hmm. anyway, I say all of that to say I used to think that my main motivation was like, you know, just like a life of like luxury and convenience. Like I like to live in a nice place and drive a nice car and like, Mm. um, you know, order, uber eats and stuff like that's just like the convenient life that i want and then you know i'm like the secondary motivation is love and not just like love in a sense of like you know romantic but like love in a sense of like i like to host game nights you know i like to go on dating is my favorite pastime though don't get me wrong (laughs) um so i was like i don't care i would be my. i don't have to i don't have to go no my i will let my passport expire i do not care because i would rather um Mm live in a nice place. If my pla- if my home is comfortable, I'm cool. I don't need to be on nobody's beach because mm-hmm. my house is my sanctuary. But um, I was wrong, obviously, because that was the main reason why I left corporate not having that um, freedom to do. And then I had to be pissed when they had to be like, oh, we need you to come into the office in two hours. And I'm like, I did not plan on doing that today. So now I got to you know, stop my plans and go, even though... <laughs> It wasn't far from my house. But the point is, it's like, dang, you can just call me when you need me. Yeah. I got to stop what I'm doing, come in, and I got to answer every phone call, every text. I can't take a nap when I want. Like, yeah,
0: <laughs> so it's, it's really the life so what is the work what is the difference in the type of work so
1: you were hired into corporate to do graphic design no um, and this was another reason why I took this job particularly because it was a role that I felt like was um, stretching me beyond my current capabilities and i i mean even though i was there for a short time i did take a lot away from that but uh, my position was director of operations and so i got hired on with the skincare company um that was going through um you know their own their own um reorganization yeah business model <laughs> transition because they were transitioning to like a franchise model So, you know, me coming in as director of operations, um, you know, my job was really to like tighten up all of their processes. And with me having a lot of experience on the tech side, on the back end, is like, I'm going to build all of your systems. I'm going to build all of your automations. I'm going to build your employee portal. I'm going to, you know, make you a centralized. Um, basically software application where you can run your whole business through so when you have franchises they can log in and they can see statuses and just everything that you need to do and that was a big... That sounds really cool. Yeah it it was a huge project um, from a technological perspective Mm -hmm. but then it's also like as director of operations they're like because you are basically recreating our whole like um, operation system like you have to be in charge of the people too to let them know what to do and where to go. Um, so that was the motivation. Cause I was like, this will look so good on my resume. <laughs> if I ever do, and not even like, if I ever decide to get another job, but just like as validation, yeah, if yeah, like,
0: credibility. yeah,
1: if I wanted to sell, you know, grow this company or sell it, or maybe, um, I don't know, but just having like director of operations for, you know, the skincare company. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm thinking about like, okay, this company does, you know, X amount of money per year, when they bring me on board, like I already, like, cause I could see, you know, just like looking at their operations, I'm like, if y'all just tightened up a little bit, you know, your revenue could explode. And so, um, just kind of from a selfish perspective, like this would be so good. And then, you know, the satisfaction of like building, Um, something that's a little like beyond your scope of capability but not so far that um, you're gonna like crash and burn but it just it was a nice challenge and then it's like you do that and you can get paid for learning basically and Mm -hmm. you know so let's talk about that so you
0: first of all you went into the opportunity yeah you said selfish but honestly and truly you were thinking I'm going to 10x or I'm going to xx whatever Mm -hmm. their um, operations their sales their costs whatever and so you actually had a goal of transforming their Mm -hmm. office space so so even though it was gonna look good on your your resume so to speak like it was going to really truly have um, an impact now the thing that, that I feel I've experienced in roles is you go in with these like really cool ideas of how you're gonna execute. So outside of like the life, you know, dis imbalance, when you got on the role, what was it like? Like what did impact truly feel like on a day-to-day basis?
1: Um,
0: <laughs> those eye rolls. <laughs> if y'all are listening to this episode, that eye rolls were real. <laughs> Sorry the best way to support the work and play podcast is by subscribing to the YouTube channel and by going to your favorite podcast player to subscribe and rate the work and play podcast that's all you have to do so if you are liking the work and play podcast the content the stories that we're sharing and you know that this will help someone go ahead and share the content to someone who could actually use it and help them on their journey to transition from corporate into entrepreneurship now let's get back into the episode
1: Whew, sorry, um, because um and this is something that I hear a lot and and it is a lot um my fault too for not really um reviewing my contracts and being really like clear on what my job role was and just like um just things that you should have like looked out for before you sign on a dotted line but um my role um had a much larger scope than um I was anticipating and just it really don't even have anything to do with corporate per se but just that particular position I just didn't feel like I could be I was being effective as I wanted to be because Mm -hmm. I'm like I am only one person and even if I'm working 60 hours a week like you know building a software on the back end is takes a lot of time and now you want me to be managing the staff you want me to be making the schedule you want me to you know be hiring folks and Mm -hmm. doing interviews and I understand that the um role director of operations entails a lot but um I feel like they oversold um the company to me, oversold their financial viability number one like that was a big reason that I left because I'm like this business is a house of cards and I'm not going to be here when y'all collapse. Mm. And no wonder I don't have the support that I have and y'all are making all these excuses why I don't have the support, but it's because y'all don't have the money. Yeah. And, you know, they 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 felt like hiring me um, was going to be a band-aid for all of their problems because they're like, oh, because, I mean, first of all, like, coming from entrepreneurship, like, you got to pay me well. Like, <laughs> so, you know, they're like, you know, they use like a big chunk of money for my salary, but then thought that that I was supposed to be superwoman and do everything. And it's like, Got I it. still need support, you know, a mid, a mid level support b- besides just like the, the other subordinates that are working. Yeah. Um, so I just couldn't be effective. Like hiring takes so much time. So if I'm like spending a week trying to hire four people and doing interviews and all of this stuff, like.
0: You're not spending time doing the technical work. Yeah. And
1: Is really, that what you enjoy most? Um yeah yeah probably um yeah i mean i feel like i'm a good manager of people but um it's just a lot sometimes dealing with just the headaches that come with people like just you know even stuff like when people are tardy like we got a business to run come on Mm. (laughs) you know what i'm saying and it's not even necessarily like the interaction of people or like managing people, but it's like, you know, that just adds, you know, you got 10 employees that adds 10 more, you know, elements that you have to keep spinning correctly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the reason that they brought me in for operations because their operations were so messed up. So it's like, I'm trying to build the system while y'all are still like, I'm trying to fix it as y'all are still using it and build something new and, you know, manage the employees. It was just a lot. I and- got so, so in the six months, and, and honestly and truly, I'm thinking about
0: the, um, there's a book called 90 Days, and I cannot remember who it's by. It's this big green book, and I just can't remember the, the author days, of it. I don't know. It's, it's like one of the, like, um, best books if you want to succeed in a transition within corporate, because mm. there's so many different politics. So many different personalities. It works for like large corporations, but mm-hmm. then it, like we, as you mentioned, the politics and the structure and the the seed money that's going into the startup, there it's just making me think about the the navigation that you would have had to do to like be successful in that role and play to the politics as opposed to doing the technical work, which it sounds mm-hmm. like it sounds like you didn't get a chance to do so much of that. So, and then also you mentioned that the role that they offer, which happens a lot. Kind of like, you know, bait and switch, right? Exactly, that's exactly it. (laughs) Girl, I want to go into your dreamer mind though, because as entrepreneurs, we dream. You also said problem solving, which I definitely want to touch on as well. Um, And maybe in this this response, you can share on both. Like, as an entrepreneur, you are a problem solver, but we're Mm -hmm. also like dreamers, and we're like, I want to do this great and wonderful (laughs) thing, and I'm going to blow it out of the water. So you're thinking you're going to save them, you know, X amount of money in doing a project. When you went in, what was the number one problem that you were like? I know I can solve this. And what was the project, or what did you think? How do you think you were going to solve it?
1: Um, The number one project when I went in, um, probably. But I I'm just like I'm like oh, I'm like where to start? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I'm I'm like I'm trying to recall mm-hmm. my um list because I'm like a spreadsheet queen and like mm-hmm. organized queen. Mm-hmm. And so it's like when I came in I did have like this is what we need to hit first, second, third, fourth, fifth, because it was just so much. Um but I think number one was just um getting um some of the newer employees like trained up right. So it's like the few systems that y'all do have in place, the employees aren't even adhering to them. So it's like they might as well not even be here. So it's like let's, you know, get them trained up right and let's get some like written policies and procedures so that people can know how to do their jobs and know how to operate within this organization um effectively. Mm-hmm. And then we can build off of those systems, but it's like if you're not even going to follow those, so that was like number 1. And then um, number two was just a lot of the well it ended up being a second priority even though coming in I didn't um, that really wasn't what I was planning on but just like you know some marketing stuff and making sure we're staying on top of emails and making sure we're staying on top of customer service it was stuff like if nobody answers the phone after the third ring like it would just go to like Somewhere I don't know.
0: So So there was no like process mm -hmm. of like who is the first runner. Yeah Well, I mean
1: it was but it's (laughs) like if first of all it was just a lot but (laughs) um it's kind of like if nobody answers phone or if there's a missed call then it's like who's going back to retrieve that caller what if you're on the other line and somebody's on the other line and another call comes through like what happens to it and it just like you just like lost that call or you lost that leave you know so like me going in i'm like at the very least we got to look professional so you know i like got them like a new phone system and then okay. like kind of got like a rerouting system but then it's like we're kind of short-staffed when i came on board so it's like okay if nobody answers the phone Phone after the fourth ring like you don't just want it to die so then it's gonna ring my cell phone but then I should not have put that on myself so now I'm answering the phone too when people are calling in and I'm answering emails and just lower level stuff that um, was like detracting from like my main like vision for the company and it was like I was stuck doing some lower level stuff because y'all don't have money to hire people okay because you spent all the money on my salary but I just don't feel like that was a good move on their part.
0: Got you, investment in terms Mm -hmm. of what exactly they needed. But it sounds like, and we haven't even gotten to the chunk of like the part that you probably enjoyed, (laughs) the first two parts took so much because you have to get the infrastructure together Mm -hmm. before you can do the cool cool work. So it sounds like hiring you as a consultant to like say hey these are the things that we need to implement would have been a better investment of their like money as opposed to hiring a role where this person would have done the implementation and the yeah exactly consulting of what needs to be done exactly Precisely. As, a, as an entrepreneur I feel like what best suits you for like this role as so far as we have like talked about is it because like as self being self-employed being entrepreneurs we have to do all these different mm-hmm. things in our business anyway so is the fact that you've been a solo entrepreneur and you've operated your own business the reason you decided to go um, operations because so much of my like thought would have been like you were gonna go in there and be like, listen, you need a GUI like this, you need (laughs) web pages like this, you need designs. See,
1: I'm not really, I mean, it's easy to just say web designer because that doesn't um, require a lot of explanation. But in reality, web design is a small part of what I do, but it's more so what is um, on the forefront that people see. Mm. But when clients hire me, they hire me basically to build out their like business infrastructure. So it's like I'm not just building their website, but it's like I mean, I am. But like on the back end of their website, all of their processes are like being funneled through that website and everything's integrated so they can just log in and they can see everything they need to see and do everything they need to do set up all the automation set up you know all the emails or whatever so if you're like a service-based business um or say you're like a contract-based business you know instead of sending out contracts you know having to log into this website to send out a contract here and then they need to pay the invoice somewhere else and then you know when leads come in they it's just it's just a mess and a lot of My clients, they come to me because they've been, you know, running their businesses for four or five years and they're so overwhelmed with, like, all of the paperwork or all of the manual stuff or they are constantly losing passwords and they have no systems and they're overwhelmed. Mm. So I take all of those parts and I put them together and I organize them. So then it just it just rolls. And then they're like, oh, my God, I spend way less time on just the tedious stuff and I can really. Stop focusing so much on like running my business and um, like all because I'm the only person that kind of liked, like 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 I said, I love spreadsheets. I love like, <laughs> I can see administrative kind of stuff. But most people are like, I don't want to do this. And But it's important. But it's like, okay, if we set up an automation, so when you get, you know, when somebody does pay your contract, then instead of having to drop what you're doing and send off a custom or whatever, we're going to set it up. So then it automatically, you know, goes out. And then this, this um you know, this payment has already been updated into your accounting software. So whoever does your bookkeeping, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to go through and manually do whatever. So it's just streamlining and everything. Awesome. And so when, when this company was looking for essentially that role, but on a bigger scale, um, and the fact that I've been kind of like wearing all the hats. So they like the, f- and I, the fact that I worked in sales as well. That's why I said the, the scope of it was so much larger yes. because they're like, we want you to do operations, but you, we also want you to increase our sales. And since you have a strong background in like sales psychology, we're going to want you to implement that in like our copy That's interesting. and just was a lot.
0: <laughs> it, it really is because I understand that you actually do have the cap- the cap, the capacity meaning like the, the wherewithal, but then like, like the capacity of doing that for a whole startup, that's a completely different thing. And so to be hiring someone for the sales capacity and the operations mm-hmm. capacity, that doesn't make any sense in, in like a hiring decision. And it, that's really, really mm-hmm. terrible. But then also it makes sense on you on this side of things because now i understand though you say web designer you are you are essentially like helping someone get their processes mm-hmm. in place because through that funnel and the way that you described it was awesome through that funnel though they're coming to you they might be looking for a nice website it's like yeah, yeah honey but in order for it to work the way you yeah. want you actually have to have all this stuff in the back so in terms of your client transformations and i'm also curious like if for you and your your business identity, like if it started off as one thing and now it's web designer, as your client transformations have changed?
1: Um, it has been pretty much this from the beginning, but it has just gotten um, just a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, because I got into it, like I said, years ago, I used to just do it like as a hobby, like um, just just as something to do, just as a hobby and just to get like a little bit of those technical skills. But um, yeah, maybe about like six years ago or so, I really just wanted to get out and like do some traveling. And I, I, had, a, I had a plan to take like a, cr- a cross-country year-long road trip Ooh, nice. and like, I just wanted to do some traveling, but I'm like, hmm, okay. Uh, and I just kind of had to reverse engineer how I was going to make that happen. Got you. So, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm oh. there. So, you know, sometimes my light bulb
0: comes on. Because mm-hmm. you're you're so, as I'm listening and I'm getting to know you, you're very much a work-to-live work personality. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, so this is the life I want. How am I going to do that? Exactly. Let me back into a career that's going to allow me to do that. That's the reason I'm
1: there. And I just like did, like I literally sat down and I just like took inventory of my skills. And I was like, which one of my skills are the most monetizable? Is that a word, monetizable? I'm following (laughs) you. I'm following. So, So, I mean, (laughs) I was just like, I can do web design. I can do that from anywhere. And um, yeah, that's it. So, you know, I just started. You know, going through, I already had like some, you know, in my portfolio per se. And, um, you know, I just, every, every time I got a new client, I would just charge like $50 more, $100 more. So mm-hmm. then I'm like, I'm, um, I'll stop charging more when they start, um, balking at my prices. But, you know, as you just get practice and then you learn other things. And then, um, in the beginning, I was pretty much, Just taking, um, any client that came my way, any referrals I was getting, any whatever, I was just taking them. And then, you know, as you do enough of them, you first of all realize, like, what kind of clients you like, what kind of clients you don't like. But then you start seeing, like, patterns emerge. Like, they're having the same kind of problems. And then, you know, because I was working with, like, startups, but then I was also working with, like, you know, kind of established businesses that needed a change. And, um, then again, I looked at like which one do I want to go for? Do I want to continue working with startups, or do I want to do something else? Mm-hmm. Uh, because again, like which one is going to give me the most bang for my time, or the most buck for my time? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, um, you know, so I ended up really focusing more so on people that already had established businesses that have been open for like five or so years because they have a good understanding of like what is necessary. They work with like more of a sense of urgency and they tend to have more money. And I realized like the higher prices that I charge, the less lower maintenance clients come my way. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when you charge in you know when you when your prices are cheap you you attract like cheap people and then they're like you know little five hundred dollars they feel like you're ripping out their soul and they're calling you 20 times a day and like i felt like oh sorry i don't mean to yell i i <laughs> I felt like my corporate job was a high maintenance client, and had I um, had more of a conversation with um, the owner who hired me about like what the job was in- would entail and like what they what they expected as far as like a level of communication and all of that stuff, I would have declined because at this point, if you even give me a whiff of being a high maintenance client, you I'm not I'm not taking you on as a client because. <laughs> I don't need that stress. I don't need that stress in my life. Mm -hmm. Listen, you hire me because I am a professional. You enjoy my work. Like I don't need for you to be high maintenance like do what you need to do pay me on time and we will have our scheduled meetings and you will be happy with your product Mm -hmm. and otherwise let me let me do what I do let me do my process because you hire me for a reason and I felt like my corporate job was so um, it was a lot of micromanaging too Mm -hmm. and it just I mean it it was like a lot of little things but you know they say um there's this um, this just one liner that like always haunts me, but death by a thousand cuts. So it's like, I know that it's like a lot of like little things, but like little things add up, up, you know? Absolutely. And,
0: and I'm, let me just tell you, I resonate 100 percent with everything <laughs> you just said. I was literally just having breakfast with a friend of mine this morning and I was saying, you know, I, I like being an entrepreneur because... When you ask me to do something, if it's, if it's a client work or whatever, it could be a database, which I really don't enjoy doing. <laughs> but I'm going to put all the bells and whistles on it because that's just my work mm-hmm. ethic. I'm going to like, let me show you what I did. <laughs> let me show right. you. Right. right? There's something that diminishes my excitement when all of a sudden I have a manager who's like, I need this, this, and this. And all yeah. of a sudden I'm like, do I actually want to? It just yeah. somehow depletes my energy for, exactly. for or joy for doing it. So 100% I get it. It might not it might not make sense to someone who's like just do the work, just get it done mm-hmm. or who or who's good with the the protocol, who who's like thrives on responsibility or yeah. that type of environment, but it can be very draining it and you is. cannot enjoy life. Mm-hmm. Even the menial tasks that you could do as an entrepreneur once you have somebody like breathing down your neck. So yeah. I 100% get it and I think even in our society we don't have the language to speak about it without sounding like a whiny millennial. I know. But, <laughs> but I do believe that there's something to be to said, to be said about like the work ethic that you have as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. versus the work ethic that you have when like people expect your life to look yeah. a certain way, yeah. when all you need to be worried about is the deliverable.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I used to, I mean, I was like my like my main sentiment like you hired me for a reason Mm -hmm. you and i and i understand that it was like a little bit of insecurity because they were not used to paying someone as much as they were paying me and so it was Mm -hmm. just like kind of like all eyes on me Mm -hmm. and it's not that i like don't thrive under pressure because Mm -hmm. i've always been a performer not in a sense of even like work but like sports and theater like i'm not scared of pressure but it's it's more so just like killing my morale. Like, let me, you know, Mm -hmm. let me do what I do. let me do
0: what I do. So I definitely, I want to get into um, so much of your story, but I'm still curious about this journey, this six month stint, right? Six Mm -hmm. month stint. Um, Going in, right? Being a free bird, as I like to think of it, (laughs) (laughs) and then going in, a lot of times people experience like their own their personal insecurities right or limiting beliefs around that were there any did you have any limiting beliefs going into it about you being able to keep up with the pace or being in that environment no
1: Absolutely not and I and and I'm and I say absolutely not I like to work I love to use the word absolutely absolutely or absolutely not because that is final that is like you know, I feel like language is important the words that you use they're important Mm -hmm. and I Think that um, You know, I always say this always say this I just like love the process of getting older because I just feel like I'm like wiser and like much more like self-aware and I went into it knowing that it was a stretch of my capabilities, but at no point in time did I ever have like imposter syndrome or anything like that because um, I have taken on the identity of somebody who can't learn anything. And so, like, when I make mistakes and stuff, it doesn't like, you know, hurt my ego or my self confidence. It's kind of like, okay, now I know, (laughs) now I know it doesn't work. And, um, And so it's no i didn't have like i felt like i just feel like you can do anything you can learn anything you can learn anything like that is what is amazing about like us humans versus any other animal like we are the ones that have like consciousness we are the ones that have like forethought and um we are the only creature that like simulates the future Mm -hmm. so it's like if I am encountering a problem, then I can kind of like work through it before I work through it mentally, before I work through it physically. And you know, you can pull from podcasts you listen to or the books that you read or your own personal experience to kind of like, um, you know, craft a game plan. And it's kind of like, if it don't work, it don't work. And it'll work next time. And If it don't work next time, like, you know, I just don't feel like I'm incompetent. So it's like it's not like I feel like I was going to be in there making stupid mistakes. So that's why I'm like, you know. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't rattle me. That's good. Um but I am realizing that a lot of people <laughs> don't have that mindset. So it's, it's it's hard to sometimes get feedback. Um And um, that actually led to like the dissolution of the relationship with the corporate job I was with. Mm -hmm. Just, um, you know, the owners were just very um, not able to take feedback, not even criticism, but just like feedback. Um, But that's um, um, diverting at this point. I got you. (laughs) At
0: this point, you're like, you're realizing, hey, these are the things that the company can actually do. And you're sharing it from your perspective, but you feel like they didn't necessarily receive your your advice on mm-hmm. how things can be better and though you didn't go in with any like thoughts of in um incompetency or inadequacy you probably came in more solution oriented course, whereas, like mm-hmm. they were thinking i'm not even sure what they were thinking a lot of times people get mentally especially when you're the owner like you're emotionally yeah, tied yeah, to the physical. exactly you might not even be able to hear constructive criticism exactly at that point so i i get both sides 100 percent. i am curious about your time or your decision to actually leave i left my so the before i left corporate i took a new role and i quit five months in oh so here's your story and i talk about this all the time I'm like you know uh your 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 next job does not have to be forever but for some mm-hmm. reason when we put in that new job and we get a job it's like i can't leave after five months it's gonna look terrible on my resume and it's yeah. gonna And I don't know how to unshackle 100% that from a person who's like been corporate their entire life. Mm -hmm. But what I can say is, you know, it's okay for you to change your mind. And that's one of the things that I say for people who are just used to corporate. You are making a decision to go in and go out. So what were the emotional things or mental things that you were going through to help you like, make your decision or was it like super quick
1: well no it was um i was i was kind of not kind of i was was agonizing about like whether i was going to leave or whether i was going to stay for one <clears throat> and i also feel like i like low-key manifested the like the 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 negativity on which like i left the company okay um but i was agonizing because i already saw that the the the, the owners, did not and the board like nobody took feedback well Mm -hmm. so it's like uh how am i going to navigate even leaving you know because you have to be like honest like if they say like why are you leaving like you know but anyway anyway yeah no Um, it sounds
0: like you were thinking through like the navigating the relationships mm -hmm. trying to keep certain things intact yeah wanting to be truthful hold Mm -hmm. your integrity but then also i guess set your boundaries because you're like what am i gonna say if they ask me
1: yeah and then you know i really wanted to um i felt like the like the i understood that it was a lot of other things that the job entailed Uh, But I really wanted to finish the big project, um, the big technical project, which was, you know, integrating all of the systems and overhauling their like operational system. And when I walked into the job initially, I thought that it was going to take me like, you know, maybe three or four months. But at six months in, I was only halfway done because I was just inundated with you know so many other tasks and that's why i was like i just don't feel like i could be as effective on like really what needs to be done because before you can franchise you need systems like then you can't this is the bare minimum if you want to open up the next 10 locations is the absolute bare minimum but like i said i felt like you know i was getting pulled away and so i was really agonizing over it because i was like first of all i don't know how if i because I'll start from the end and then I'll back up. So basically, um, you know, I went to the board and I was just like, um, I really want to see this company succeed, and I really want us to hit our goals. And if we are going to hit our goals, we need to. I need to finish the software. We need to, you know, hire these next three people, and then whatever. But this is what needs to be the priority, and. Um, I, like I said, I'm not able to be effective. I I need, and I had, and I guess in retrospect, I guess I could have presented it differently. Um, what do you mean? Because they took it as an ultimatum. I was basically like... um and maybe this is just my attitude too. And I, I swear I didn't go in with this attitude, but I mean it is my underlying attitude, but it's kind of like I don't need to <laughs> shop.
0: so the, the the
1: opposite of desperation is here.
0: It's like listen, this is what y'all need to fix. Yeah,
1: basically it's like I want to be yeah. effective and um I am not because also it was it was approaching the time in my contract that's like I start to get um like revenue share. And so it was like first of all okay I, I low-key took a pay cut taking this corporate job but you know the possibility of um, you know the offer of getting like stock options um, which the value will directly depend on my performance I'm like it's sales 2.0 mm-hmm. so it was like okay I'll take a little bit of a pay cut on the front end with my salary because I know once I hit you know six months in then I'll get stock options um, but the way that the like the way that it was structured was kind of like um, you know it was, it was all based on like revenue growth okay. so I'm like if I am not able to do the job that I need to do in order to grow this revenue then I'm gonna continue taking a pay cut and I'm like cause, because because those like those bonuses and those stock options that would have supplemented um the money that you were making exactly but it's like if i can't be effective and if i can't do these things that i know are going to increase sales then um financially uh it doesn't motivate me so that was kind of like the thing so it was also like and I knew I was approaching that six month mark and, um, around, so around five months I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? So, uh, am I going to stay? Am I going to leave? I don't really want to like, and that was the other part. I was like, I don't really want to leave with this project being unfinished because if nothing else came out of that job, I was like, I am going to have a really good piece of, um, intellectual property. Yeah. Or not even that, but just like, It just was a big project that I could have shown off and it just would have been like it just I feel like having that in my quote unquote portfolio, that huge project would have um, just been really validating for other companies if I wanted to get like bigger projects and contracts. And Mm so, mm -hmm. you know, again, selfishly, I'm like, oh, if I leave, then I'm going to leave that project half finished and then it's going to kind of feel like a waste of time for the last six months Mm -hmm. um, for me to basically leave this job. Empty-handed, and I can't really say empty-handed because I was getting a salary and stuff. But like I said, my like time is more important than my money. So I'm like, I really felt like I kind of wasted six months because. What I really came to do, my big pride and joy project, was yeah. not able to be fulfilled. It's like working on a one-on-one client and mm-hmm. not getting the
0: testimonial or not getting the transformation. Or exactly. You're not staying long enough for
1: me truly to exactly I totally get it. So I was like, "Ooh, should I stay? Mm-hmm. You know, a little longer, even mm-hmm. though you know that's going to mean that I'm not really going to get as much money and bonuses, or but it's like." you know I really don't want to spend another six months in here you know not being effective yeah so I want to be able to have a conversation to kind of like change some things so that because my okay what I learned also when you hire people you want to make sure that their selfish motivations line up with the needs of the company absolutely you know so my selfish motivations are I want to make money I want to finish this project because it's going to look good for me But on the flip side, you want me to finish this project and you want it because this is the bare minimum of what you need. And so it just seemed like a no-brainer for them to kind of like take my feedback seriously. But uh, I already knew that it wasn't. Like I said, I kept saying like maybe I'm manifesting that. But I just Mm. I kind of already knew from like the interactions that I already had from the higher ups that like, you know, they were willing to go a little bit outside of the status quo. But it was. It just was a lot of like ego involved, and nobody just like nobody wants to be wrong. Nobody wants to be like, you know what, maybe we did make a mistake by, you know, doing X, Y, and Z. So, anyway, I went to them and I said, okay, listen, I don't really think the way that this company is running as it is now is not a good fit for me for X, Y, and Z reasons. Um, so, and I guess it is a little bit of ultimatum. I presented it a little um, more flowery than this, and I'm being succinct here. But I was kind of like, either we make these changes and I'll continue working for this company, or we don't. And if we don't, then this is my four-week notice. I don't want to leave y'all like in a lurch because I am like I have my hands in a lot of things, and if I just up and leave, y'all gonna be screwed. So it's like I will this will be my four-week notice. I'll make sure I tie everything up really nicely for you, even though the products are unfinished. at least I'll leave you with like a workable product. Um, or you can um, submit to my requests and um, <laughs> change, thing. change, you know, not even like change huge things, but just like, let's, you know, let's, I mean, yeah, change. Let's change a few things. What
0: were some of the things that you needed to change? Cause here's the thing, remember, I'm really intrigued with this balance of you being an entrepreneur and going into this corporate space. Mm-hmm. One thing that you touched that you touched on was like the status quo, right? And as an entrepreneur, we're innovating all the time, mm-hmm. especially because revenue depends on it, sales depend on it. So we yeah. have to um, uh, innovate and things like that. And so you're going into this space and you're saying, hey, these are the things that you need to change. Now, as a consultant it's one thing to get paid for the recommendations that, hey, you guys need mm-hmm. to change this. And if you do it, you do it, you don't, you don't. But I'm sure, as a consultant, you're like, I need you to change, otherwise I can't use this as a case study for my <laughs> next client, right? <laughs> yeah. So, but then, on this side, you are tied to the performance of the recommendations. Mm-hmm. So, like, what are the
1: recommendations, like, at a high level that you were suggesting? Some, even basic stuff, like hiring somebody to do specific some specific roles, because it was a pattern that I noticed it's not just with my you know how would they hire me to do but even with other people within the organization you hire them to do one job but then you want to pile like a few more job responsibilities which is not their area of expertise they're not efficient they're not good at it and then you know, it's kind of like pay now or pay later, but you're gonna pay. So it's like you are either just gonna pay for the extra hands to mm-hmm. do what you need to do, or you're gonna keep paying these same people to do it, and then it has to be redone. It just, you know. So we we gotta we gotta have some defined roles about like who does what in this organization. Got it. Um, I do not want to talk to y'all every day. Okay. Like at the very least, at I will give you an email if you want to if you want to recap for the day but I don't want you calling me at 8 o'clock at night Mm -hmm. because you know and 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 it was it was an expectation again because like I'm director of operations I'm supposed to be like fully dedicated to the job like don't call me 8 o'clock on a Saturday night and expect me to answer and don't get an attitude when I don't or don't call me three times in a day like what are you what are you calling me for what What, are you calling me for nonsense just to check in like this is not this is not important and then like Mm -hmm. me personally like i said my phone is forever on do not disturb because when i'm working i don't want to be it's on do not disturb Mm -hmm. because i don't want to be disturbed Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) so then you know i make exceptions you know first you know you have your favorites list so Mm -hmm. you know i make exceptions to the actual studio like so if like an employee is calling me that's like you know, they're calling me because they got a problem or mm-hmm. something needs to be addressed, which is already too much. But mm-hmm. then I didn't put any of my higher ups on my um, allowed list when it's on do not disturb because y'all are not calling me for any emergencies. So when I take my break, because I work in um, 90 minutes spurts, And so I work for 90 minutes. I take a 20 minute break, work for not I will call you in my, in my 20 minute break. I will see them as call. Like nothing you're calling me for is like that urgent where I need to like break my focus and get out of my workflow um because you're not calling me for nothing urgent or important i can call you in 30 minutes mm-hmm. but that was like a big deal they're like no 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 if we call and you're in the middle of something you can just answer and say um you know i'll call you back but i'm just like you you have now disturbed me so might as well talk. yeah mm-hmm. and so it was like stuff like that and then um you know some like accounting stuff. Like we need to allocate. Like I see the budget, so we need to allocate less money over here, more money over here. Like you know they hired me in. So one of the, one of the um, benefits I felt like, like I said, I told you, I feel like they oversold me. The, one of the benefits I felt like coming to um, a bigger company with seemingly more money is that a lot of the things that I want to implement in my own business but are kind of expensive, um, but that will get you those you know that much better results. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that I would have um, the access to implement some more things that are more expensive gotcha. than I otherwise would have spent in, I mean, because this company is making, 10 times my revenue that I was making in my business. So you would think that you have a lot more budget for some of these things. Mm-hmm. And so it's like they hire me on, but I tell them I'm kind of like, like it's like if you hire me to like build your kitchen, You still got to pay for the materials. So if you hire me to like, why do you think the budget ends at my labor? Like you, you have hard costs, you have costs for software, you have costs for security stuff. And it's like, it was like an arm and a leg getting them to pay for stuff that is necessary, let alone things like marketing. Because, you know, they would have their like front desk people um, because it was, it was a, it was a spa. So, you know, they, so services on site, products online. And um, like I said, they wanted to expand um, to different markets. So I'm like, you have your front desk people in their downtime doing social media, but they are not social media people. And you that's why you're not seeing traction in social media. Okay. So why don't you take... A uh, some some money away from your packaging budget, which is too much. Like you don't have to do all of this for your packaging. Like you could take some of that money and you can put it over here in or marketing. Media, exactly. You know, into hire. They just they just didn't allocate their budget well. And um, and after seeing that budget, and then and then God. it was a COVID outbreak because. You know they sell products online, yes, but it's a local service-based businesses. So there was a week where the whole studio was shut down because every single employee that works um, locally got COVID, got COVID at wow. the same damn time. So all the appointments were canceled, and that means you, who is it? Who does it follow on to fulfill orders now? In the package of orders, me, because I live ten minutes down the street, and okay. you think that it's my job to do everything to okay. pick up the slack for everybody? And You showed up. Of course, I did. Mm -hmm. Of course, I did. But it's like you are not taking my suggestions to make this company viable. Like if you really can't afford to be shutting down the studio for two weeks, it's a major part of your revenue. Mm -hmm. And so we're in the age of covid. So how about we allocate some more money to the online side of things? I got you and it just it, for me it just is so obvious yeah now i'm like ranting
0: <laughs> you know what's funny though and and I, I think that as you were talking yes i said let me get the let me let you get this energy out <laughs> i said this energy is needs to come out but as you're talking some of the times we're on jobs and we have a clear solution of what needs to be made in a company. Mm -hmm. You see that the process is, is messed up day in and day out. The difference between you and a company or an employee who's been there for five years—they see it happening over time. Mm-hmm. That to the point where they get desensitized to the problem, exactly. and this passion becomes, yeah, they're not doing it. And now you're just taking the check and you've accepted the status mm-hmm. quo. So I let the energy come out because I, one, yes, <laughs> you know, listen, we are in the age of rents girl. Hashtag rent. But you were also given solutions that were really, really helpful. Now, given this energy that we're giving, I'm sure you went into the room and said, like, hey, these are the things. Yeah, of course, of course. And so as you were talking, and here's the thing, like, when... It's kind of emotional intelligence. When a person is expressing themselves... Yeah, but you were given some really good suggestions mm-hmm. in terms of reallocating the budget, in terms of hiring like specialized hands, like doing these things and also you're being very honest with your your <laughs> your, your motivations of like, hey, if y'all implement these systems, these are things that I need we, to- Everybody's <laughs> gonna make more money, it's so obvious. Right, so you're being very honest. <laughs> but this goes back to the very beginning of what you, you were telling the story about for, and it was, you were agonizing with the decision to leave. Mm-hmm. So if I really like tie this up, there is somebody who's like, they at first they started off agonizing to leave. It took them six months to be agonizing to leave. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't leave. Mm-hmm. And then they stayed for more years. So for you, what was the deciding factor for you actually to leave?
1: Um, the deciding factor was, um, and <laughs> It's so ridiculous that I was even agonizing it over it for a month because I made the decision the way I make all other big decisions. But I don't know why I didn't want to, why I was resistant to it. But I sat down with a piece of paper and drew a line down the middle. This is what happens if I stay. This is what happens if I go. And I listed all of the features and elements of both sides. And then I assigned them a number from negative five to positive five, added them all up, and made my decision. With <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> and okay. I just, I think I was just agonizing because I really didn't want to ruin the relationship because yeah. those people were like, you know, kind of influential people. And, yeah. you know, but ultimately, I, once I like released that, I was like, let me just look, just take the emotional out of it. Like, really, let's quantify like what their influence really can be future wise for mm-hmm. me. Um, And then I left after that. I was like, all right, this is clear because once you honestly, I feel like um, sometimes We don't want to really know the truth and I'm because I was thinking to myself like what took me so long to sit down and do this exercise because it's, it's, it has never failed me. So it's like, why am I just thinking, thinking, thinking? Let me, let me put it down on paper. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, you just, you, you kind of are suspicious about, like, what it's really going to look like. Or, um, mm-hmm. But when it was on paper, the, the quantities were so different. The sums were so different. Like, it was just kind of like a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were talking about earlier, never have a single point of failure. Like, I don't need to job Mm
0: mm-hmm you have options (laughs) everybody has options but they don't ever recognize them and what I love honestly and truly I'm glad I let you rant because (laughs) let me tell you how how quick it was for you to describe you leaving it means you were so invested in that job and you really 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 wanted it to work I did and that is what I get from that Mm -hmm. and for you to really 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 get to the point where you know what let me sit down and see what's best for me. Boom. Mm -hmm. Took you a moment. I want to do that exercise and I literally want to do that for my audience, for my clients so that they can really like
1: get all of it out. Yeah. All right. Now let's make a decision. It's like, I just feel like, and this is maybe just like my analytical brain, but I feel like the one truth um, that will like, if you if you examine all of your other beliefs and you say like is it possible in a hundred years it will turn out to be like not true like say your political beliefs like I may think like you know republicanism I'm making up words you, today I love it um, <laughs> uh, uh, conservatism is the best way to run a government right that might be my strongest belief but is it possible that in 100 years we really see that's not the best way like you know you might think communism is so bad but Mm. is there any possibility so if you like break down all of your beliefs the only thing that's always going to remain the same is math 2 plus 2 is always going to be 4 in 100 years and 200 years and a thousand years you know i'm not talking about theoretical imaginary numbers 2 plus 2 is always going to be 4. so when you like like when you assign numbers to stuff it's so clear it's not going to change like um, and that has been a way I started making decisions like once I learned about that theory or that like practice Maybe like probably like a decade ago now mm-hmm. like that's how I make decisions That's how I made the decision in my relationship. That's how I made the decision in mm-hmm. this job mm-hmm. This is how I made it like it's just, I mean it's the best way when I worked in sales um, actually kind of I used to kind of use that like not really as a manipulative practice, but like Fig- like, sit down and figure it out. Like, do you think that this is the right car to buy? Do you think that this is the right house ah, to buy? yes. yes. Mm-hmm. You know? And then it's clear. So when you say
0: manipulate it, it wasn't. You said it wasn't because essentially when they do the numbers for themselves
1: they make the decision mm-hmm. based on it's manipulating them into uh making a faster decision like come on because they know what's good. For
0: <laughs> yeah it's you, so like, you clear. know you want it so just make the decision like right or, the or
1: or maybe you know i mean because when people agonize over stuff like the the indecision comes from like the fear of kind of like getting it wrong so it's like If you can write it down on paper and it's very, very clear, like if your score, like if you're adding up all the negatives and the positives and one score comes to 32 and the other one comes to eight is like. I don't know why i thought this was so close but then if it is closer that's where you um lean on like your counsel you always want to have like people that you trust that you can go to for advice but like nine times out of ten once you sit down and you quantify everything there is going to be a stark difference between the two and because it removes the emotion yeah and so everything is scary until you just do it so just make the decision and do it but when you have the numbers in front of you you can just be a little more confident with The decision that you make I love it thank you so
0: much for that um in the spirit of you know work <laughs> and play you know we got a lot of the work and that really created work work for you but then there's the play side and what really fascinates me is your journey like you you mentioned like your liberation from your relationship mm-hmm. and how you used the same decision making process to like get in and out but before we started the podcast you said that your relationship with him was a Um, you it was a deciding factor of
1: taking the job as well as leaving the job did I get that right yeah Um, as much as I um, (laughs) that relationship was really painful for me like emotionally because um, I thought I was going crazy in it like it was a lot of like manipulation and like just like emotional abuse like it was never like cheating or like physical abuse but like it was like soul sucking but in that relationship it forced me and sometimes I'm like oh why do we have to go through these experiences but when I try to you know turn my anger into gratitude this is what I come up with and um in that relationship I I um reached a level of self-awareness that I never knew before like I really understood like What I liked, what I didn't like, what's important to me, what triggered me, what didn't like, you know, it forced me to let go a lot of my ego, like this whole idea of like being right all the time. Like, it's okay if you're wrong, like this whole idea of like making bad decisions, like it's okay. This whole idea of like, you don't have to agree with me and these, and these ideas that you just realize that um, certain traits, they compound. And, you know, when I am... You know like so like i just i just realized that like it just gave me a level of self-awareness and so um you know maybe some things about the job um that i didn't like like i said death by a thousand cuts some of those little cuts maybe before i kind of would have um kind of like tried to gaslight myself like it's not that bad Mm -hmm. like you know like you can make it work but now at this point it's like mm, it may not be that bad to you but it's it's affecting my quality of life got you so the gratitude comes from
0: you being in an exercise of a relationship that really pushed you to your limits and then you realizing yo now my sensitivity is a little bit higher i always equate like in our relationships um when we start to feel like we're crazy like a frog boiling in the hot Mm -hmm. water and we realize huh this is getting hot and we're like no 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 i gotta get out of here so the self-awareness that you're Mm -hmm. talking about listen it don't take me a year to figure out this is not enough yeah. fit, and so that's what kind of yeah.
1: contributed to you being able to leave in six months. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying because I would have like because it was also like, and I am um, I, I I. It's a few words that I hate. I hate the word entrepreneur because people use overuse it, but I also hate the word narcissist. Everybody wants to like throw around the word like narcissist, but I believe my ex was a textbook narcissist but i'm not saying that like the bosses and higher-ups were narcissists per se Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that at all actually but you do realize these personality traits they just aren't going to change Mm -hmm. and so it's like when i sat down and had that meeting with them like the the big meeting that's like listen this is what we need to do this wasn't the first time i was bringing up these concerns Mm -hmm. but you know they were always um just like disregard it or, you know, they would say like, Oh well think about it but then don't or Um, basically like a few times I heard like well you just got to deal with it like this is how it is and I'm just like Mm. you know it might be a little bit of PTSD from like constantly having like my feelings just like invalidated or dismissed in my relationship but even more than that knowing that it's not going to change if they're doing it now and you know this is supposed to be the quote unquote honeymoon phase this is where they're supposed to be showing me their best sides and inevitably naturally things just deteriorate like people get more comfortable so i'm like oh if y'all are dismissing me now it's only gonna get worse it's only gonna
0: get worse the parallels we can dry dry we can draw between careers and relationship mm-hmm. entrepreneurship and a relationship business ownership and re- self-employment and they're relationship. all the same like, self-awareness in relation like all of this stuff it really is the same but what's and you know what, just uh, frankly and, cl- and um, transparently, I also don't like the overuse of the word narcissist. Mm-hmm. Though we have experienced people who are textbook narcissists, then everybody else has their traits because there's a spectrum mm-hmm. of yeah, everything, yeah, right? Yeah. Especially as a mental health professional. But I think that um, the most important thing to learn as women, as people in a relationship with people who have narcissi- narcissistic tendencies falls back on that self-awareness right Mm -hmm. because regardless of who they are you needed to have this level of self-awareness and you didn't have it so even if you met somebody who wasn't a narcissist, so i'm curious about you growing up i learned a lot about narcissism and then i also learned a lot about empaths Mm -hmm. and i learned that i might even be an empath myself right but i didn't know that growing up when you were growing up and as you were like um like raised were you like well, let's start with the dynamic. Like, what was the dynamic of, like, your relationship with as a child and then, like, with your parents? Are you the oldest?
1: Do you have brothers? I am exactly in the middle. Three older, three younger. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, cool. Six, uh, seven siblings. Mm-hmm. Seven, seven in total. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. And, um, and so I have just, like, classic middle child syndrome in the sense that, like, I am A-okay doing my own thing, being by myself. Like, you know, middle child is, like, um stereotypically the one that's like flees the coop early that's the one that's gonna you know be so different from the rest of the family i can entertain myself like because i'm in a weird age where um like after me the next youngest is seven years younger than me and then the next oldest um is five almost five years so Uh it's like i don't really have anybody like super close in age and so like I can entertain myself and everything like that but i i did a lot and then it was during the pandemic too i did a lot of like introspection and making the connections between like my childhood and the relationship that i found myself in Mm -hmm. and um and i used to think like i because i worked in sales for so long i like to consider myself like a baby psychologist but um but it's like a lot of these theories that i've never like put into practice like i put in like sales theories and like you know mm-hmm. behavioral psychology like I use that knowledge to um close yeah mm-hmm. but um you know it everything just like stems from your childhood and my ex was um my mother and my father rode into one mm-hmm. and my parents were divorced growing up um after all them whatever uh they don't make no sense but they crazy too so everybody's crazy it comes a point aren't we yeah (laughs) Yeah. it comes a point where you realize that like first of all your parents are human they're not like superman and then after that it's like oh my parents are crazy like okay (laughs) there's something there (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. but my mother um I grew up primarily with my mother because my when my parents are divorced, they um are in different states. So I spent a couple of years with my dad, but most times with my mom, and we would spend like holidays and Christmases and everything with my dad and his side of the family, um, just because of the, the distance. But um my mom was and I hate to like play the violin here, but um My mom, as I'm realizing now, was just very emotionally abusive to me and um, I, I played the role of like the scapegoat and my theory, my theory is that my older brother, the one that was close in age to me, two years older than me, he died when I was young of cancer and so he died when I was three. And so, you know, they say like if you're, um, there's like a lot of stress or something in the household that that like Mm. breaks the like, the, the bonding on like a biological level between like mother and child. And then my parents had gotten divorced like shortly after that, because the stress of like my brother's death. But you gotta think from the time I was like one, you know, they were battling this sickness with my brother. So it was already like stress and you got an infant and you gotta take care of that. And then you're having marital problems and a sick child. And then my brother dies, my parents get divorced. My mom said she was in a deep depression, deep depression for years and years and years mm-hmm. until the next child was was born but like you know on a spiritual level like I'm young but there was always been a disconnect between me and my mother and then when she had you know my next younger sibling it's kind of like that kind of like is what snapped her out of it because the next one was like a boy and they she felt like it was a um lifeline or something yeah Mm. and it just like after that it was it was all good but um I think because me and my mom never ever ever bonded like I never felt like other people feel about their moms like oh I love my mom and I I don't feel like she ever felt that love for me like deep Mm -hmm. you know it's my mom I love her and vice versa but like Mm -hmm. and I just feel like she used to just take all of her frustrations out on me versus the other children because it's like this this is my theory at least (laughs) (laughs) that um you know I need an outlet for something and um I I just feel like my existence um was just like burdensome at that point because i was like a toddler and i was needy and my mom is like i can't get a break like my husband is gone Mm -hmm. and my child is gone and you know the other siblings aren't big enough to do that much helping and um and then, you know, later my father was, like, on drugs and stuff because he got into drugs after, you know, my brother got sick. And so it was, like, the disconnect from my father just being there, like, not being there um, mm. really, you know. Even though he was there, but, like, not really yeah, yeah. because of, like, his mental wasn't there. Mm. And then my mom was just... um you know angry and hateful and spiteful and um still is and um so it was like oh i find a person and the way that i used to feel growing up was that i was absolutely crazy because it was a lot of gaslighting it was a lot of manipulating the situation it was a lot of accusations it was a lot of whatever and i used to be like how are y'all getting this from this like you know just and so I, of course I'm gonna find myself in a relationship that mimics those same like patterns from childhood. And you know what, what else is, is big about that is because we come from,
0: when we come from these like um, family dynamics that isolate us and we feel like, okay, let me, let me just get my sanity together, mm-hmm. then we create this lone wolf you know mm-hmm. kind of an um, environment which really allows another person to create that additional crazy it's like from the frying pan exactly. into the fire so because we've developed these um, ways of life that makes things like healthy for us mm-hmm. and what I'm thinking about as an entrepreneur is like being self-sufficient and like being super focused on your own thing you can get your work done you can get your client work done all of that but then you find yourself escaping that family relationship and then finding someone else who kind of attaches to your energy and then things start to become a distraction again. Mm -hmm. So it's like constantly relearning that, which brings us to this this third experience which you you go on and you talk about like the self awareness that comes, which is amazing. I've, honestly, I don't know why life has to be that way either. <laughs> but the lessons oh. that come from, I do agree. It you know sometimes yeah. you do have to turn your anger into into gratitude, and sometimes that is the way you do it. Honestly and truly, that's the only way I figured out. I think how. that you have shown really tangible ways that a person can make decisions even when they agonize. Uh, the way that you can turn anger into gratitude, the way that you can truly learn from some situations, and not be not be uh sore about Mm -hmm. you know a childhood situation but to realize what it was and still be successful in entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. honestly and truly i'm like listening to like your story and you also said that this next go round into entrepreneurship is going to be different Mm -hmm. so like as i'm listening to your personal development your relationship development all the things that you've experienced in in court in corporate and in entrepreneurship now that we're thinking about the things that you are grateful for, when you say I'm going into entrepreneurship again and it's going to be different, what does that look like and how what is what is for you?
1: Really, it's um it's going into it um I'm more so treating my business now as um something to invest in an asset. And so like um Uh, other things I've learned over the pandemic is um, assets are things that make you money period Mm -hmm. Um, liabilities are things that cost you money period and you can only invest in assets and so it's like you know assets are vehicles for like making more money um, without your involvement Mm -hmm. sorry I, I meant to put that in assets are things that make you money without your involvement or like can make you passive income and it's not that I'm like I want to be removed from my business but like initially when I even got into just just this area of like entrepreneurship or freelancing or whatever it is it was more so like a job that I created for myself and this time around and it was because working for corporate I mean I they did have more money so it's not like they were just like didn't spend money on anything but um, and I just like, I did see like, you know, I can't, I can hire somebody to do that. I can mm-hmm. hire somebody to do this. I can invest, you know, more money in this. And so now instead of working so much in the business, it's me taking a step back and seeing what the business needs and me supplying the business with everything that it needs mm-hmm. so that it could, you know, essentially sustain itself and, um, create like passive income for me. And when I say passive income, it's not like no work, but it's just like, You want to set up the infrastructure for things to kind of run without you. So, um, you know, that's where I am now. So it's like I hate social media, but I've hired somebody to do social media for my business. So it's like now I can have that off my plate. And then, you know, you find yourself procrastinating. Not you, not you as in you, but Mm -hmm. you as in general people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When it's like something that you feel like is going to take a lot out of you or it's difficult or you just really don't want to do. And I find myself um just not doing stuff because i don't want to do it and i'm like you know what i know you got to do some things you don't want in life but like if i can hire somebody to do social media then i will not procrastinate on other things because it's also like how you do anything is how you do everything and so when you get into this like everything is a habit so if you get into a habit of procrastinating on say like social media that is going to trickle into other areas of your life so it's like let me Remove that obstacle mm-hmm. hire somebody for social mm-hmm. media, you know, like hire another backup designer never have a single point of failure If, if I'm sick Then who who do I have to call them very quickly and yes. you know so that's, that's kind of my approach now and just you know I want to before it was just like before my goal was like I just want to make ten thousand dollars a month I can do that with four or five clients a month. I can do that now it's like is I mean, the money part is always, always an incentive, but now it's like, I wanna create like a little more impact. So now I wanna have like a bigger space where people can come and they can create their content where we can get everything that they need for their websites where, you know, maybe people can take some financial classes or business classes and just create more of a community. And I'm so sick of everything being like online. So I'm like, I wanna be in person. I wanna have like a, a, a studio space of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, And just to be able to like service more people and especially, especially my people, my, 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 my people, my black folks, you know, because I feel like we are stuck on this cycle of exactly what I was doing. Like you can't pass down. I cannot pass down to my children, or sell it for that matter, a business where I am doing everything. It, it's, it's not an asset. It's not gonna make me money in the long run. Like, mm-hmm. Because even though it's making me, mo- even though the business is making money as in it's paying me a salary, it's like, my salary is really an expense. So, for the business. So it's not really, um, mm. it's, not, it's that's, not. That's good. My salary yeah. is an expense for the business. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: your, your children would be inheriting an expense.
1: It, uh, I mean that's what it is mm-hmm. so it's like oh so let me you know you know just kind of just fill it out a little differently um mm. so you can have something to pass on and really at this point point, is really have something to sell because I want to um I want to make an impact I want to build a community and I want to really you know help my people and not just like you know with financial stuff but just also like mindset stuff I feel like um I mean, you can hear I'm always like quoting stuff like, you know, I got really quotes, well. I've got quotes for days, but it's like those are like some like driving principles and sometimes it's like things are so obvious, they seem so obvious after the fact where you'd say, like, Oh, why didn't I think of that? And I feel like a lot of families, um you know we're like mine growing up where there was you know there was a lot of stress and instability like we grew up in the hood like bars on the window like they're shooting outside we got bunk beds but all the kids are sleeping on the floor tonight because they're shooting outside so it was like ain't nobody talking about financial freedom and um the smart way to invest like everybody thinks like oh just buying a house but is your house making you money like i mean from a financial standpoint it's not an asset Mm. i'm not saying that it's not valuable like if you could raise your family there but it's not an asset Mm. don't kid yourself you're you know you are spending money on it it's not an asset until you sell it and then when you think about all of those other costs but it's just like you have like these big ideas that like once you really break them down Um, are not really um, good for our community, especially we are starting way behind the goalposts. So um, that's kind of like where I am with business now. Like, okay, it's money, yes, but it's also like impacts. But I also eventually want to sell the business because I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to do just like this one thing forever. And, um, you know, I just want to live a full rich life. And so it's like, um, rich as in like, not just like financially, but rich as in mm-hmm. rich in experiences and, yes. and stuff. Love. Uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, so that's, that's what I'm on. Like, let me, uh, run this business and find me. Actually, I don't even know if I want to, hus- I mean, maybe I want a husband. I don't know. Um,
0: TBD. <laughs> what I do see is that on everything with the social media that I do see you, per, you actually doing, I am enjoying like the budding of like your new self and the new <laughs> identity and you loving yourself. I think the last thing I saw was you like practicing your like split. in the, And I was like, listen, remind me, I need to get on my mat today because that is the life that I live. And I think that work and play is like that is the ideal you know, exactly. but it's the balance that really can happen and mm-hmm. with that, with more self-awareness and understanding how we own our time, all these yeah. things that you mentioned,
1: I think we can get there. Yeah. And I think that we can be present in that working in place spirit. Absolutely. There's this concept, I'm sorry I'm always quoting other people, do I have any original ideas? Probably not.
0: Uh- <laughs> Are there any original <laughs> ideas? I thought I had one the other day, I was like, dang, I got a uh- book somewhere. <laughs>
1: There is something um, in ecology called the edge effect and it's basically where three or you know it's basically where different ecosystems wherever they meet that is where you'll find the most life. So wherever you know like a source of water meets a forest meets a grassland that is where you will see the most diversity the most richness of life. Like if you go deep into the forest you know you've got like plants and stuff but they you know they are shaded by the trees, so it's not a lot a lot of life. It's called the edge effect. And so when you apply, and I realize the older I get, like, Nature is the blueprint for everything. So when you think about like a rich life, you know, you want it to be filled You want to be healthy You want it to be filled with, you know, love and laughter and you also want to make some money and you want to have purpose And so the objective is to like you say like work and play Find a way to merge all of those things because that is how you're gonna get, you know, the richest life Is there a way that you can stay healthy while you work? Is there a way that you can? Uh, you know expand your social circle or your relationships at work or at play or whatever Mm -hmm. try to make them all merge you are the first person who has like described
0: my vision with your words (laughs) everybody's like yeah you gotta have a balance i'm like no i'm not talking about balance i'm talking about life (laughs) Mm -hmm. like i want my life to look like
1: this and you literally just
0: like Embodied it with your words. Thank you. That's my
1: like that (laughs) that is the pinnacle of like life that I'm trying to like reach You know, Mm -hmm. they say like the four pillars of health are like drink water get enough sleep get enough exercise You know eat healthy I feel like the four pillars of a good life are be healthy make money maintain good relationships and find your purpose and fulfillment Mm -hmm. so have all of those merge and you know that's that's a good life that's a good life like what else is there to life if you have those four elements like Um, you got it you got (laughs) it she
0: (laughs) understood the assignment. (laughs) this has been awesome talking with you like i have been excited about this conversation like for all of the reasons that we just talked it's the personal connection like we only had a Five minute conversation when we met. And I think that from that moment, we've been like, okay, girl. It's just been all ever since. And so I love every single pivot that we took in this conversation. And And I I think that. But I really think that we can like take nuggets away. Like, I can't wait till I chop this thing up because there are so many different nuggets that we can make to live the life that we want to live. That's what it's about, that's literally what it's about. The women who, well women and men, I always have to remember that my (laughs) life is not the only example of like, me as a woman is not the only example of like living our self-development, living Mm -hmm. our self-actuality. And there are men who are struggling with agonizing with like, yo, the future of the company or Mm -hmm. the future of like hiring in this company, I'm the black, Mm -hmm. you know, like whatever it is. For you, if you were to talk to someone who is on their journey and they're trying to figure out like, how do I make this decision? What would be your wisdom? Cause we already got the exercise. We're going to use it. That's going to set some folks free. <laughs> <laughs> but what would the wiz- wisdom be that you would tell somebody if they're trying to figure out how to live
1: their best life? Listen, I know. Listen, they are cliches for a reason. Mm-hmm. They are cliches because they're true. Mm-hmm. I feel like- just said that. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, like really. I feel like it's not unique advice but it starts with mindset like you have to have like the right mindset and not just like a positive okay i'm gonna be more specific mindset but specifically um identity because how you identify is what drives your behavior subconsciously it's like your identity is number one and then it's you know your habits um you know your discipline all only falls to um the the level of your systems that you have and when you have systems in place they eventually evolve into like habits where they're just like um subconscious but all of your behavior is determined by your identity and how you think about yourself and um whether that identity is like, you know, um, when it comes to like an entrepreneur, your identity doesn't necessarily have to be like, I'm an entrepreneur per se, but your identity has to be of something that is productive and conducive to that. So like. I was like not making money as a web designer for a long time until and I noticed is so like cheesy until I started introducing myself as a web designer and then you know you are only gonna change your subconscious by repetition so now instead of when people ask me um, you know what do you do it's not like oh I'm a you know bartender and I do websites on the side it's like I'm a web designer and then once my language changed um, it change my identity and to where naturally my behavior, you know, followed that and to do the things that need to be done. And so it was like, you know, maybe not identity of an entrepreneur, but you know, I have the identity of somebody that like works hard. So like if you take that on it's like, oh, I know I'm tired, but I'm a person that worked hard. My identity is that of being a lazy person. So I find shortcuts to everything, but you know, it is it is what it is. My identity is somebody that's healthy. So like, you know, where when I'm stressed, I go for a run. Mm-hmm. That's part of my identity now. But if your identity is somebody that's like, "Oh, I'm so fat. I've been fat my whole life." Like mm-hmm. you don't have the identity of an athlete or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, you you're you're going to behave differently cuz because you know how they say, like, it's so, it's so hard to change yourself. Like, you ever are sitting there like, why don't I do the things that I know I need to do? Right. Why? Why? But then you think about your behavior, even bad behavior, serve you. And more times than not, they serve, like, your ego. And so, like, I mean, just just think of really, like, I used to, like, cry at the drop of a dime. Like, I just, like, could not control my tears. Like, whenever I was in confrontation with somebody, Uh, I would just start to tear up like until like well into my 20s and I'm like, what is wrong with me? I'm not even sad. I'm not even (laughs) intimidated. Like, what is it? But when I like go back and I'm like, "Um, how has this behavior served me in the past? Like that's the way I used to be able to get attention because um you know, everybody was always crying about something about, you know, my brother dying and stuff like that. So it's like, oh, if I cry, then that'll give me some attention. That'll be a release of some sort. But once I was able to identify, like, this is not really serving me and I can see, like, where this, like, trigger comes from, it just, like, went away overnight, like, literally. And so it's like, you have to understand, like, your bad behaviors they serve you in some way to either perpetuate this identity that you have for yourself um so you just got to change your identity and in, in how you speak to yourself when you're alone what you say about yourself when you're alone mm. and um just be cognizant of the way really be cognizant of the language that you use and the and the way you speak to yourself and be like would i be speaking to and this is, I know this is so cheesy. It's so cheesy. It's so cheesy. It's so cheesy. But, like, would I be speaking to my best friend like that? Would I be like, you're such a stupid bitch? Or, you know, not stupid no, bitch, but, but you're, no, but, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, you're so stupid. Like, how could you make that stupid mistake? Or, like, oh, so, like, that was so embarrassing. You should be so. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be in your best friend's face like, oh, you embarrass yourself, girl. Like, that's, that's not the good. way you speak to yourself. That's good. And all of that contributes to your mindset. So, that's a roundabout way to say, like, be cognizant of your thoughts. Okay, let's let's make it succinct be conscious of your thoughts mm-hmm. um, Catch yourself in quote-unquote negative thoughts not even negative thoughts catch yourself and in and in, in When you have thoughts that don't really serve your purposes here, mm-hmm. so um, That's
0: I it. Think, I think that's good. I think that's good. It starts with mindset identity getting into your identity, identifying with the identity, Mm -hmm. and then talking to yourself as if you had that identity. Yeah.
1: And I feel like it's more than just affirmations. Like Mm -hmm. people be like, oh, you say your affirmations, but, um, it's really more of a like who am I who do I want to be but you have to you have to also have something to grab onto in reality otherwise it's Mm -hmm. gonna feel like you're lying to yourself but Mm -hmm. um, that's good you gotta take action action plus
0: like affirming yourself and the thing is we've formalized identity so I mean affirmation so much that people Save affirmation, affirmations for one moment in time, mm-hmm. and they forget about it they yeah. they're dummies the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Say like, no, 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 no. These affirmations are supposed to remind you when something does happen. I am not stupid. I am enough. Yeah, I am aware. Exactly. Da, 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 da. And we do. We, we have to remember that when you're talking to yourself as a person who's like, I'm not fat. I, I'm I'm a, a hard worker. What did you say? Um, yeah, I'm a hard worker. Mm-hmm. I get stuff done that's an affirmation in the moment that's needed, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that all of these things that you're saying are in practice, as opposed to this like this formal moment in time, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. literally becoming it. I really, really, really have enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Your being is amazing. So one day, when you come back onto the podcast, And the second round of entrepreneurship
1: looks like whatever in five years, two years, three years. I'm excited. 18 months. 18 months is a good time frame. It's not too long. It's longer than a year, but it's not so far in the future where it's attainable. So I do like 18-month goals. I love it. Okay. All right, well, y'all Check me out at 18 months. Listen, we're going to do one of these
0: again, okay? (laughs) So for the folks who are listening, and thank you for that words. I think that somebody can actually really receive that. How can they find you if they want
1: to get connected with you, if they need your services, or if they want to follow your journey? So, um, listen, I change my Instagram handle all the time. My personal right now is Joy in Pure Form, but my um, company is Urban Crafts Media. So, um, yeah, UrbanCraftMedia.com, Urban Crafts Media on Instagram. Um, and I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. Go online, schedule a consultation. Eventually, you know, we're gonna offer like more services as I bring more people on board. Mm-hmm. Um, Real quick, before we get out of here, mm-hmm. and this could be the closeout because
0: um, I was actually curious about this from a business perspective. Because, um, but then I understood like it's not just web design. But for folks who are like, listen, I don't have a website. I've never had a website. I've had a successful business for so long. What's the benefit of like your services from um, a holistic perspective?
1: well number one just the simple fact that it's 2022 if you don't have a website then you just like just lose a lot of credibility um so that's like obvious from just like an optics perspective but um if you are in business for five years and you don't have a website then um you can answer the question yourself because that's kind of how i chose my niche because everybody had the same problems like i Am doing spending so much time on like manual tasks and you know things slip through the cracks and it's like human error and um, You know when you don't have good systems, then you can't hire effectively you mm. can't really expand your business So that's why I actually really don't work with startups too much because they don't really you know, because even more than just like advice, you have to make sure people are implementing the things that you do. And a lot of times startups just don't understand the importance mm-hmm. until they're five years in. And it's like, I haven't gone on vacation in three years because I have so much work to do because I'm not organized. Cause really what it is is high level organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, but if you are a startup, I, I work with a few startups that but they come into the mindset of like I want to do it right the first time because again pay now or pay later but you mm-hmm. gonna pay mm-hmm. either, whether it's to redo it or fix it or whatever or you know you lose out on a lot of revenue just uh, revenue opportunities so I mean if I, if a startup comes to me and it's like I'm gonna listen to what you you know what you need I'm ready to pay you um, then I'll work with them but it's just an easier sell a lot it's not even a sell they come to me because mm-hmm. they have they, the issue. they've got issues yeah, so. yeah okay that
0: makes sense so mm-hmm. one more time you're um, you your business handle your personal handle
1: yeah personal handle is joy j o y joy in pure form <laughs> (laughs) Why I like stumble and I looked at him. Um, Joy in Pure Form is my Instagram, but sometimes it goes back between that and like Joy the Web Designer. Um, But my company handle is Urban Craft Media and my um, website is UrbanCraftMedia.com. So
0: there you have it, guys. Well, listen, if you guys need a web designer or somebody just to get your back end organized, you already know where to find her. Thank you so much for sharing your personal journey with us. You're welcome. And I can't wait for us to just see how this all like just pans out but until next time y'all thank y'all for listening thank you so much for having me yes until next week peace out